Good morning, everybody. <laughs> it works when you turn it on. Oh, that'll preach. Don't get me going now. Don't get me going now. My name is Glenn Wolf. I'm one of the pastors here at City Church, and it's so good to see every single face that's here today, especially if you're here for the very first time, or maybe you're watching us online. Welcome home. We're so glad that you're really, really, we're honored that you're with us today. Can we put our hands together and welcome all those that might be here for the first time? And I also, right up front, want to give a huge shout out to everybody that's making trucker, Trunk or Treat happen tomorrow night. Now, I'm, I'm not giving a shout out to everybody that's attending it, all right? It's going to be an awesome event. You're not going to want to miss it. I want to give a shout out to the people that are making it happen. You know there's a difference. And I just want to thank you in advance to every person that's filling out a car, you're, you're decorating your car, you're, maybe you're, you're going to drive a hayride, or you're going to be greeting people, or whatever the case. I just want to thank you in advance for making it happen. And you guys truly are, are our dream team. And it's going to be a great event. I encourage you to share it on Facebook. Let your neighbors know about it. Your neighbors are looking for a safe and secure place for their kids to come and, and have a great time. And they get a lot of candy really, really fast. I think it's the best trunk or treat in the planet. So I, know, I may be biased, but my little three-year-old is going to be there for sure. And he's ready. And so I hope to see your family there. It's going to be a great time. Well, you picked a really good Sunday to be here today because we are finishing our series called Fight. Everybody say Fight. Fighting for what matters most in our relationships. And we've looked at marriage, we've looked at family, uh, we even looked at the blended family, but we are saving the best for last today, all right? Because we are going to talk about singleness, and uh, it's going to be good. And the theme verse is found in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14. I'll say it to you very quickly. It says, Nehemiah said, don't be afraid of them. Remember God, remember the Lord, who is great and he's awesome. And fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. So we took that verse and said, man, what would it look like for us to spend four weeks fighting for what matters most in our wives, in our homes, in our lives? And I, this series has really been incredible. But today, I want to talk to you about fighting for your singleness, fighting for your singleness. Can we pray? Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it is a lamp unto our feet. God, I'm asking that your word would light up dark paths in our, in our lives. I pray that what you've downloaded in me this, these last few weeks as I've prepared for this message and decided what's in it and what's not in it, God, I'm asking for every part of this message to help not only singles in the room, but every person here to see you more clearly and as a result, see our own lives more clearly. God, I'm asking you to move in this service in Jesus' name. And somebody said amen. By a show of hands, how many of you are single in the room? All right, cool. Just look around. All right, just keep it up. No, just, we're going to do speed dating out in the front. No, I'm just joking. Now, I need to define singleness real quickly because some of y'all think you're single or think you're not single, but you are. My definition of single is a person that is not married. All right, so if you're 16 and your Facebook status is you're in a relationship, you are still single. All right, I just want to be clear. And if you're here and young man, you put a ring on it, that's good for you. Until you get, until you have the pastor in front of you, you are not married yet. All right. So I just want to be clear, single person I'm defining today as a person that is not married. So how many singles in the room? Let me just ask you one more time. Okay, cool. All right. That's good. Hey, it's a good spot to visit. a good place to be. I'm just saying it's a good place to be. All right. There's just a lot of singles in the room. I just, I don't know what might happen. You know, I just... Not sure. 
But, uh, you know, I'm excited about it. And it is interesting that the church tends to talk a lot about marriage and family and how to get married, how to stay married, how to own them, and, you know, like just, just, you know, and family, and here's how to raise your kids. And it seems to not talk a lot about singles, right? Yet it's the season that every person in the planet walks through. And uh, it, it can leave you feeling like Tula from my big frat Greek wedding. Yeah, we got to show it. Let's show it. Dad. Dad. Dad, I've been going through um, our inventory, and um, I've noticed that we've been doing a lot of unnecessary ordering. Um, so I've been thinking that maybe we should update our system. Uh, like, we could get a computer. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but I got all A's in computers. But there's a lot of new stuff to learn now, so um, if you want, I could go to college and um, take a few courses. Why? Why do you want to leave me? I'm not leaving you. Don't you want me to do something with my life? Oh, yes. Get married. Make babies. You look so old. Oh, man. <laughs> I think if we be honest with ourselves, we can feel kind of like everybody around us is looking at us going, get married, you know, make babies. I'm not going to say the last thing, okay? But, but there can be a real challenge, right? There's a real frustration to it of, of being single. Or maybe you're single today and you look at, you see like this power couple, you know, they're just clubbing it and they're happy and they got a white picket fence and they seem influential. And you think to yourself, in all honesty, you think, man, if, if only I had that, that husband, man, I could be that. Or if, I only, if only I had that spouse, then I could be that. And, and, and I think we all can come in agreement. It is a fight. I mean, to be Christian and single is a fight. And here, so here's my question. Are you single today? Are you wanting to serve God? How do you do it? How do you see it? How do we approach it? Maybe you're here today and you know somebody that's single. How many of y'all know somebody that's single? Everybody, right? Well, what do you do if somebody came this week and a single sat down in your coffee house and, and sat down at the table and said, I'm struggling and I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to do things right. And what would, where would you go? Where would you bring them? I want to bring you to the place that I would bring anybody that was single. And that is 1 Corinthians 7. Because here's what's cool. God has something to say about this. And we can learn from his scriptures uh, what to do and how we, could, how we can see our singleness. So I hope that you have a handout. It's there. But I want to read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7 through 9. We're going to read. It's not a lot of text today, but it's rich text today. There's a lot to unpack within it. So let me give you some context real quick. It's important to understand context. Paul is the author here, and he's writing to the church at Corinth. All right, listen, Paul is single. He's a single dude. Scholars would debate whether he was always single. It sure seems like he wasn't because you were not able to be a voting Jew if you weren't single, and clearly he was able to vote. My personal opinion after studying this text is that Paul was married and his, he lost his wife. That's what I think. I, I, you, now, we could, we could argue on that if we wanted to. Either way, he is single today. And he's about to shock the audience at, at the Church of Corinth. Because listen, you got to understand context. In the Jewish culture, if you were over the age of 20 
and were not married, you are in sin before God. So what he's about to say is going to shock them. And the truth is, if you've never heard this before, this could shock you, but it's truth. And truth, God's truth can really set us free. So y'all ready to read it? I'm going to read it to you. Paul says this. He says, I wish that all of you were as I am. What? They're all going, what are you talking about right now? And then he goes on to say, but, but uh, each of you has his own gift from God. One has this gift and another has that. So now he uses this metaphor about a gift. I mean, the single's got to be getting there going, okay, you're telling me that I should be single like you and then now my singleness is a gift? Like, what are we talking about here? And then he goes on and even makes it even more interesting. Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say this, it's good for you to stay unmarried as I do. And then he says, but if they cannot control themselves, they should marry for it's better to marry than to burn with passion. What in the world is he talking about? We're going to look at that today. I'm going to help you today unpack three things, three ways that you should see your singleness. So whether you're a single today or you know a single today, you need to take notes because this can help not only you, but maybe the singles that you encounter this week or this holiday season. Number one, the very first thing that you should see your singleness as is a good thing. Everybody say good thing. I want to be clear right up front. Listen, every single, if I had you across the table from me right now, I'd look you in the eye and I would tell you there is nothing wrong with you because you are single. I want to say that right up front. There is nothing wrong with you. God is not mad at you because you are single. I'm going to say that again. There is nothing wrong with you because you are single. You are not anywhere second class. This is not the season in your life setting up for real life when you get married. This is, Paul is saying here, this is a season. It's a good thing. You should see it as a, as a good thing. Let me, say, let, me, let me tell you secondly what I would tell you if we were across the table. Your identity as a person is not found in your relationship status. It's found in the gospel. It's found in what Jesus says about you. And he says that you're a child of the king. He says that you are a son and daughter of the king. He says that you are alive because you have put your faith and trust in him. And can I just say something else that might be shocking? Uh, Jesus did not come to, and die on a cross to get you married. I just want to remind us today that he's God. He's, we serve him. He doesn't serve us. Right? I mean, that's as followers of Jesus, that's what we've decided when we said, God, I'm releasing my own life over to you. You are now God and I'm not. And he gets to call the shots. And even as we open up our scripture here, we're seeing that his word is telling us that our season of singleness is a good thing. And we should see it like that. Because you know, when Jesus looks at you, he doesn't see you as, you know, single or married or where you're either dead in your spirit or you're alive in your spirit. And thank God Almighty, we are alive in our spirit today. And if you're not, you can be today. And God's grace can wash us new. And if we remember, if we can get out of just our everyday lives and just get a bigger perspective, we go, you know what? I'm redeemed. I'm forgiven. I'm not on this life forever. I'm not on this planet forever. This is, this is, slow, this is passing away. And God, if, you do, if I'm not married today, then you must have a reason for it. So God, would you help me to see the good thing in my singleness? Amen. 
It's a good thing. And, and let me just say this. You're here. And, and, and this typically divides two different people in the room. All right? You're here. And either you, you have expected your singleness or your singleness has, you did not expect your singleness. Okay? That, like, because if you expected your singleness today, you're looking at me right now going, oh man, preach it, preacher. You're tweeting, hashtag, single life, best life. Well, you know, like you're just, it's all good. This is easy for you. You're excited for me to preach it. This passage really isn't for you. Good luck. I'm glad that you expected to be single today. This passage actually is really to the, un, to the people that did not expect to be single. You know why? Because he says, he clearly says to the unmarried and to the what? The widow. Who's the widow? It was one, it was a, it's a woman or a man for that matter, but primarily a woman that was married and didn't expect to not be married today. Yet he's saying that even in, even if you didn't expect to be married. So let me just ask you, what does this mean to you? You're here today. You didn't expect, you, you thought for sure you'd be married by now. And so you're, you are, you're looking at it like, I cannot believe I'm still not married. Or maybe you're here today and you did not expect the divorce papers to come across your desk, yet you find yourself single today. Or maybe you didn't expect your spouse to pass away, yet you find yourself single today. This verse is for you. And I'm telling you, if, you would, if we would relinquish our own, our own control and give it to God, I'm telling you, there is such a transforming work of the spirit that can happen in your life where you can go from seeing your singleness as a bad thing to really seeing it as a good thing in God. Amen? Number two is this. Second thing that I would tell you if we sat across the table is you should see your singleness as a gift. Everybody say gift. He says, but each of you has, has your own gift from God. One has this gift and another has that. You know, Paul's clarifying here that not only is marriage a gift, but you should see your singleness also as a gift. In the same way that you would, that you would consider your spouse as a gift to you and to the mission that God has for you is the same way that you should see the fact you don't have a spouse as a gift to you and a mission to you in, in what you do. Isn't that a challenging concept that we would see it as a gift? You know, for, uh, Paul also, in, in the Greek word here, he uses the word charisma, which is the same Greek word that we see in 1 Corinthians 12 for spiritual gifts. You know what he's saying? Let me just break this down. He's saying that your season of singleness, you should see it as a gift first to God, to stay godly, to stay pure, to stay celibate, but also as a gift to the body. Because what we learn about spiritual gifts is that they're never for us. They're always for others. And I want you to know that your gift, your season of, your, your gift of singleness right now is not for you. It's for him. It's to honor him with your body, as Romans 12 would tell us. And it's also to build his church. And can I tell you that this church doesn't exist without singles? In fact, the mission of the church doesn't exist without singles. And isn't that what Paul's getting at here? He's saying there's a bigger purpose to your life than just getting married. There's a There's a mission. There's a call that God has on your life, and he's saying that he can better fulfill that mission by being single than if he can do it being married. You should see your singleness as, as a gift. Let me ask you, this is a great question that you can ask yourself single. You, you can ask yourself this, what can I do for God as a single that I couldn't do if married? As you approach your life today, what can you do right now? Some of you are in high school, some of you are in college, and you are in a season where you could do so much in the kingdom. 
But I don't care where you are. It's a great question. What can I do as a single that I could not do if, if married? And I want, to, uh, I want you to put your hands together and welcome to the stage, Aura Lynn. Can you put your hands together? Come on, let's welcome her. Thanks for being with me today. Thank you for having me. You are awesome. And, and uh, obviously, we're talking about point number two. We're talking about being a gift to the body. And you have clearly done that. And so I want to just ask you a few questions. And I've prepped her a little bit. And I want to thank you in advance for your vulnerability. Um, number one is this. You were married mm-hmm. and you now are not. Mm-hmm. What happened? So um, I was with my ex-husband probably five years. And... Got pregnant, had a baby um, at 35, and so we decided we were gonna get married and do the right thing, and you know everything was good, American dream, white picket fence, all is good until um, adultery, and so he had an affair, and um, some of you may know my testimonies. Things kind of went sour from there. I drank, I had a really bad accident, and uh, my life changed, and so uh, since then I've been single. Uh, I was divorced and um, just uh, met all these great people at City Church in 2013, and I've been um, doing lots of things for the kingdom. Yeah, so how have you used your singleness as a gift? I think that um, just being open to the Holy Spirit, whatever he calls me to do, I'm able to do. You know, I sponsor women with CR, and so if they call me at 2 in the morning, they're having a problem, I can be there. I can talk to them. I can uh, minister to them. If somebody needs me here at the church to fill in a spot, um, I can do that. If um, the Lord leads me to, to do a small group, I can do that. Uh, I can go to the jail and minister to those women that are hurting and lonely and um, whatever he calls me to. You know, like... Um, Hoping for a transition home. Uh, God's called me to that, and I'm not exactly sure how that's going to happen, but there's need in the community, and I know that he's going to make it happen. So um, I can just be open to whatever he may have. And what would you say to to a single that's in the room that's just down? They're struggling. They're really going through it. And I've been there, you know, and I know exactly where you're at, and it's a struggle. It's not easy all the time. Sure, you know, God is is my husband, you know, and he gave me that, and I just have to give you that scripture because I really struggled. Uh, <laughs> you like that, right? You like that. I can put all kinds of things there. Anyway, sorry. Oh, what's that? That's interesting. We have tissue, you know, because I, I cry. I cry. We have tissue. Anybody need tissue? So anyway, it. sorry. Love it. I was trying to be discreet about that, but I guess everybody (laughs) caught it. Everybody caught that one. So anyway, Isaiah 54, and um, it says, fear not, for, says, fear not, for you will not be ashamed. Be not confounded, for you will not be disgraced, for you will forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood. You will remember no more. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And the Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. The God of the whole earth. He is called. So, you know, I may not be a widow as per se, but divorce is death, you know. And so there's a death of a dream and a marriage. And so I believe that this scripture was for me. And he encouraged me with that. And he told me he would be my husband. And he would be there with me. He would never leave me nor forsake me. And he hasn't. He is always faithful. No matter what, he always comes through when, when, you know, when we need him at the, you know, being single isn't easy. You know, like I was saying to him about, 
you know, something in the air conditioning in the car wasn't working. I said, Lord, I called around. They said four or $500. I said, Lord, you, you, you can fix it. You're my husband. <laughs> Next morning, turned it. The little air coming out just fine. You know, like little things. He can do that. He can be there to That's comfort right. you yeah. when you're lonely, when you're feeling like, I can't do this. Or, you know, you can call me. You know what I mean? If you need me. So That's I right. love y'all. Come on. Yeah. Excellent. You know, I'm here for hey, you. Can we give it up for Orlando? That's so good. Thank you so much. Thank you. So good. Point number three is this. If I sat down at a table or if, or if you sat down at a table with a single, what would you tell them? First of all, you'd, I'd ask you to, I would challenge you to see your singleness as a good thing. I'd challenge you to see it as a gift. And third thing, you should see your singleness as godly. You should see it as godly. What does the Bible say here that we read earlier? But if they can't control themselves, they should marry. For it's better to marry than to burn with passion. You know, as a pastor, uh, I've had people walk up to me and they're like, man, I got to get married because I'm burning with passion. <laughs> There's some truth to that. I'm like, well, I'm already married, so I don't know what to tell you. I can help you out there. Um, but let me be clear about the, what this scripture is not saying. Marriage is not the antidote to an impure heart. Amen. Jesus is. Amen. The power of his Holy Spirit working in your life. That's what will transform your heart. So marriage won't cover it up, right? So we, we know that. So that's not what he's saying here. But you know, what he's, you know what he's saying? He's saying, Paul, he's saying, embrace your singleness. But if you're going to do it ungodly, you're missing the point of the whole thing. You're missing, you're missing it. So I want to encourage you today, see your singleness as godly. So let me make this very clear. Are you shacking up today? It's wrong. It's sin. Are you, do you have friends with benefits? <laughs> it's wrong. It's sin. And we don't have a, we're missing the point. And can I also say as a married person, it's just as hard, right? It's just as hard to stay, keep my mind clear and our thoughts, our thoughts pure, right? That's why we all need a work of God in our lives. And I just want to be clear about this. As Christians, we we are, we're striving for holiness, not self-satisfaction, yeah. right? right? I love that passage that Miranda said earlier. God, give, give me the desire, right? If, if we, he's going to give us our desires as we put our desires towards him. And I want to encourage you to do, that, to, to do that today. In fact, I have one more person I want to interview, and uh, his name is Evan Krause. Can you give it up? Can you put your hands together? Welcome, Evan Krause. Come on. What's up, man? How you doing? Doing great. You doing good? Absolutely. You look good. Thank you. Um, let me ask you, Evan, how long have you been single? Well, first off, I just want to say thank you so much for allowing me to take the stage and share uh, with you. Um, I by, by no means have everything all figured out. I'm in a process, a journey with God like everybody else is, and so I'm just so thankful for God's grace, and uh, he's been patient with me. He'll be patient with you, and so... Um, God is good, right? And yeah. So I just want to say I've been single for uh, three years. For three years. My definition is that you've been single. How old are you? 26. So according to my definition of that it's anybody that's unmarried, you've never been married. So I think you've been single for 26 years. 26 years. But I, I get what you're saying. Totally. We all, we all relate with that. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, obviously you're, you're an awesome dude. Um, 26, serving God. It's a real fight to be single and to stay pure um, and really serve God right. What's your biggest challenge? Definitely yoga pants. 
Nah. nah is, it, is, is it... I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Well, is it... We're is not going to go any farther than that. Is it, gonna, is it that, putting but, on the yoga pants or is it taking off the... I don't, I'm not sure. Okay. I would say the biggest... We're going to just slide by that. Um, so the biggest challenge for me would uh, definitely be uh, just the just the thoughts. I mean, uh, as, as people in this day and age, we're at home, we're looking through social media, we're looking at movies, uh, we are become envious of Hollywood's hottest couple or, or some social media person or a friend that we see on Facebook and immediately just like these thoughts just come in and you're like, wow, I'm not married yet, what's going on? My brother just got married. Uh, where I'm like, well, all right, God, like, what's going on? Like, is, is, is everything good? Am I good? Or whatever. Yeah. And so these, we have this continuous battle with our thoughts that um, we just become a slave to it. So what have you done practically to overcome it? Yeah, so uh, practical steps, obviously, get plugged into City Church. Get plugged into a church. If I wasn't here um, for, I think it's been seven years now, um, serving, um, I would definitely not be where I am. God has used me and molded me. Um, to what I am today, and just I just can't thank your leadership and Pastor Eugene's leadership, um, but I would say um, just the Bible. I mean, believe it or not, the Bible is the Word of God, and I have a couple of verses that you can easily combat uh, with this, just whether you're going through a tough time. Romans 12, 2, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but yeah. be transformed by Very the renewing good. of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, good and pleasing, pleasing and perfect, perfect will. will. That's right. Proverbs 28, 26 says, those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. And then the last one is 2 Corinthians 10, 5, where it says, we demolish arguments and every right. pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so, Amen. Um, the Bible, read it, it's amazing. Um, the Bible is everything. And I would just say, uh, get in community. There's times when I've been sitting at home in my apartment and I'm feeling some type of way and these thoughts come about and I'm like, all right, I gotta get out of here or I'm gonna, I'm gonna, drive, I'm gonna, get in, I'm gonna be insane. Like, I just gotta get away from my sure. thoughts. I gotta occupy my time with, whether I go to my family's house or I, I got a group of friends here that I want to, um, just surround myself with they're going to build me up and uh, yeah. and encourage me and so uh, that's definitely awesome. say community small groups everything so I want to tell you Evan just in front of everybody I'm so proud of you man and 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 I want you to know if you don't know this we have a lot of really young lead I said not really young but we have a lot of young leaders that are really walking this through I mean it's very very cool to see what God's doing in our church and in in the midst of a culture where purity is not even thought about um, you're, you're, you're fighting. For, you really are fighting for it. I want to, want to tell you, I'm so proud of you. And, and last question, what's been the most rewarding thing about keeping, about keeping those dukes up and really fighting? Uh, just, just not, just believing God for God's best. Um, you're in a season right now. I would, I'm, I'm in a season right now of growth and bettering myself and becoming all that God has for me. And I would just say that, um, don't rush that. Um, I'm not going to rush that. God's taught me so much. Uh, in this season and is going to do the same for you. And so I would say uh, the biggest reward is just waiting on God's best. Uh, his timing is everything, uh, not my own. I've, I'm sure we can all attest that yeah. our time, we try to take control of situations. Yeah. Uh, don't rush this. Like, it's, it's an amazing adventure with God, and I would totally say, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Awesome. Thank you, my man. You did so good. Come on, let's give it up for Evan Krause. 
You know, something that Evan and Aura both did so well is they really did take next steps in Jesus and in our local church. And you can do that by every single week by pulling out a connection card and, and really walking through asking God what a next step is. Could everybody pull out a connection card? It's on the seat back that's right in front of you. And I just want to take a moment because we really believe here at City Church, one of our values is that everybody takes next steps. And everybody has a next step to take. Even if you're, not mar- even if you're married today and you go, this message wasn't for me, there's some, there's some next steps that, that you can take today. And maybe you're here and you're committing your life to Christ. That is so cool. You're putting your faith and trust in him and you can check that off and we want to follow up with you. And maybe you're here, you're, re- you're recommitting your life to Christ or, or maybe you want to get baptized. You want to take that next step in God or, or maybe you want to start serving on a team and so you want to get our dream team and find out about City Church and you can attend our growth track or, or maybe get a, become a small group leader for our next semester or get into a small group. Or, and I love this. Uh, I asked our team to always have this on our connection card. It may not stay there forever, but just for a season about you have your own next step and God's spirit is, is speaking to you and challenging you. And it could have nothing to do with maybe one of our basic steps here at City Church. But everybody has a next step to take, to take in God. And on the back of your handout, I just wanted to take a moment. I want to talk to the married people. If you're married in this room, here's what I want to challenge you with today concerning the subject of singleness. Love on singles. Love on singles. Let me give you a couple practical things you can do. It's on your handout. You can take them home. Number one, invite singles over for, during your holidays. Get, have, have some extra, table, extra chairs at your table. Holidays is one of the most lonely seasons of the year. And I want to encourage you to do that. Look out for singles that are here. And uh, the worst thing is that they could tell you no. Just say, hey, man, we got Thanksgiving dinner in our house. We'd love for you to come. I don't know if you have family or not. Come over, right? You can do that. Uh, That would be a great thing. Number two, take care of single moms specifically. James 1 tells us to take care of the widows and the orphans. I just want to be clear. You don't need the, the church to give you permission to do the Bible. All right, you don't, like, you don't need me to lay hands on you to go help a single mom. Go help a single mom. If you see moms in our church, outside our church, it doesn't make a difference. Just we want to be there for people that are, that are single. Number three, don't say things like, have you found anybody yet? <laughs> or one day it's going to happen. They're very clear that the day is coming. You, know, you don't need to overemphasize and say some, some dumb things there. The number four, this is my own thought. You could disagree with me, but I have the mic right now. Um, don't be afraid to matchmake and don't, but don't be weird about it. Like I, when, when I talk to singles, um, that are genuinely interested in being married, uh, they're not against meeting somebody. They're just against when it's super weird and awkward. Right. And so like, so when they're both together, Hey, you guys should go out on a date. you know, like, don't do that. Like that's, that's weird, but you could, you know, walk over to one and say, Hey, I don't know if you ever noticed homegirl, And she sits in the fourth row and man, she lifts her hands so well. And she just, right? And well, you know, whatever the thing is. And, and hey, have you ever talked to her? And guys, don't be afraid to approach girls. All right. And I just, I, and I, I'm not trying to turn this into some dating service. Um, but I, I, I do want to clarify though, man, we should be getting married in the church. Like we should find people in the church, not outside the church. So don't, you don't have to make any apologies about talking to somebody, all right? And if you're weird about it, our ushers will jack you up, you know? No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing, right? You can do that. And let me, let me talk to the single just for a moment, all right? We're, we're landing very quickly. Singles, I want to read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17. We read 7 through 9. I want to read verse 17 because I think it sums up this whole message. And here's my challenge to you today. It says this, don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. 
live, right? Don't die in it. Live and obey and believe right there. God, not your marital status, defines you. And if you're here, and I just want to ask every single in the room, what would it look like if you really did this? What would it look like if you really did approach your season of singleness by seeing it good, by seeing it as a gift, and by seeing it godly? How would that impact your tomorrow? And let me ask you this follow-up question. What needs to change? What do you need to let go of so that you can hold on to the things of God? What, what things do you need to let go of so that you really can walk as a Christian single in your life? And I wanna encourage you during this last song in just a moment to give that over to God.